Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. suit up and and James started this morning um, with uh, the message suit of success and he spoke about how a suit is things that you use together and what makes a suit a suit is the appropriate things used together and that there was a covering that when uh, Elisha uh, was anointed by Elijah and there was a covering there was something that was put on him that wasn't there before And then these things were used together. The anointing, the cloak that he was given was then him working together with that to accomplish God's purpose in his life. And that same cloak and calling is available for us tonight. And we're speaking from this um, scripture in Isaiah 61. It's a a prophecy um, from the prophet Isaiah. And it says this in verse 10. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul, shall, my soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. See, so the thing about a suit is that what you wear affects what you can do. It says in that scripture, I love this, it says, he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. What, he, what you are clothed in changes what you can do. If you are clothed in righteousness, you can walk in a authority and a, a right standing with God. If you're clothed in salvation, you can walk in a freedom that's available because it's about what you're wearing. It's about what's on you that enables you to walk. And my message tonight is called Your New Suit. Your New Suit. And Elijah in, in scripture, he's, he's, in this, he's in this time where he's seen a lot of things happen. He's seen a lot of things like crazy, like fire and like, like coming from heaven and burning up like a, like a liquid bonfire. And, and he's seen these things. He's seen this massive well, for lack of a better word, execution of these prophets who were um, serving this God who was, wasn't the real God. And then, then he gets a death threat and then he goes into a state of depression. And he's just like, God, kill me now. If I'm going to do this, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to die. And then Elijah is given a request from God. So he's going to anoint a new king and going to anoint a new prophet in your place. So then he's told to anoint Elisha, and Elisha, um, he meets Elisha in verse um, 1 Kings 19, and I'll take it from verse 19. So he departed from there, this is Elijah, and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, because before he was met by Elijah, he was a farmer. So he's plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed him and threw his mantle on him. And then he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elijah turned round, so Elisha, sorry, turned round and back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment. So he burned his plows to cook some cows. Uh, That's pretty cool. And then he gave it to the people and they ate. And then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. 
Elisha put on his new suit. This new suit is what is available for us. And the new suit changes what, not only what you look like, because you can look dapper in a new suit. You just, a new, new clothes just make you kind of like the mirror a little bit more than you're used to liking it. Just because you've got everything and you're like, you know, I'm, I'm looking cool now. But it doesn't only change what you look like, it changes what you can do. There's a new authority, there's a new access, and there's a new affluence that comes with a new suit. And Elisha put this on, and we, tonight we are going to be more aware of things that are available to us that we can actually put on ourselves. It's time to wear your new suit. It's time to put on your identity to realize what you've been called into. And it's amazing what changes when you realize what you've had all along. And then you'll see that the doors that were actually opened before, you actually walk in a way where you knew that you can actually walk into them. But what I'm trying to say is that things that you, it change, the game changes when you realize that something was possible all along when you thought it was impossible. Yeah. I don't know if I'm speaking to the wrong audience here, but who likes dressing up for a night in the, on the night in the town? <laughs> Two, three, oh, okay, sweet. All right, so... Yeah, because I, um, I used to do this, right? But, but what, what I, was, I used to be a bouncer 10 years ago. I'm kind of like thinking, like, that's my age now. 10, if I go back a decade and I'm still an adult, I'm officially out of my, late, my mid-20s. So um, that's my measure of it. But I used to be a, a bouncer, so I would control who gets into an establishment. If they want to get in, they have to be wearing the right things. And really, it's just to root out the people you don't want in. But, but, but we had to tell people, you have to wear a smart, smart like, kind of smart like this um, shirt or whatever, nice trousers. Most importantly, you had to wear nice shoes. That was the defining factor. Oh, no shoes. Sorry, mate, you can't get in. So that was, that was where we were at. That's what we had to do. And, and I worked at a cocktail bar around the corner from here, and it was quite a nice place. So, so it's really easy for me to reject people. They look inside, see all the rich people with their cocktails and all that, and then they try and rock up in tracky bees or whatever. Like, not tonight, mate. You need to be. So, so that was what I had to do. And then I remember when I was with my mates and we'd be going out and we'd be going out in the town and we'd be all be dressed up quite nice like and then one person would ruin it by rocking up in no shoes. He like you just have trainers on and we're like we have VIP in like the coolest place in town if that's what you want to call it. It's whatever Aberdeen can offer, right? But but we, we have VIP to this, this club, and it needs the best clubber, and you rock up slumming it in converse. So now everything changes because of this guy who is not wearing the right gear. You know, in our lives, that what, we, what we clothe ourselves in determines what we can do. What we clothe ourselves in. Whether you have a new suit to fit the occasion. And we're, we're going to, we're talking about Elijah and Elisha and there's a process where he went through where where he was given something new he was giving given a new suit he was given a new calling he was given a higher calling and this was made available to him and often um well I'll, I'll say this right the sometimes a problem with what you're wearing is that it's not what is not quite right for the occasion at hand so like James said this morning, you may be in a suit which might not be right for, the, for what you're going to do. 
One of the definitions of suit that was just talked about this morning was a a collection of things to be worn together. The other one was to make appropriate. So to make something appropriate, to make something suit, is about purpose. It's about what you intend to do. It's about making something align with the purpose at hand. And so Elisha was in this point where he was made appropriate because he was given a cloak, which I'll talk about in a second. And what what happened is that he realized that there was something bigger that he was called to. But how many people know it's not about what's, it's not about what's appropriate. Sometimes it's just about what's available. We make so many decisions based on what's available. And that's, I believe that's one of our biggest challenges in life is the battle between what's available and what's appropriate. How many people know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You come home from work and you're knackered and you're just like, I don't care. I'm not going to tidy the dishes or do anything because I'm knackered. I just worked, you know. And like that attitude is readily available. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not appropriate. And we don't realize sometimes that the, the things that we buy in the shops, we don't, realize, we don't think we need them until we see them, right? I mean, I, I think, I, I'd like to think it's only girls that do this, but I can honestly say that I'm guilty of this as well. Uh, years ago, I was coming home from work and um, I needed new work shoes. So I went to uh, Burton in the Bond Accord Center and they used to do two shoes for 50 quid and they had my size, a UK 12, which is good. So I went there and so I went there and got the two sh- pairs of shoes and then I was coming back and then I made the mistake of passing HMV. <laughs> so I went in and I was just like, Blu-rays, PlayStation 3 games. This is incredible. So, in, when, so I go home like, intending to spend 50 quid but then I come home with bags of a total value of 230 pounds. <laughs> what is available isn't always appropriate. But Elijah anoints Elisha, and Elisha realizes a call to something greater. There's a call to something that I haven't seen before. So he does some things and he puts on this new suit, he puts on this new authority and a new identity and he realizes that this granted him three things. The first thing it granted him was a new authority. This suit, this new suit granted him a new authority. In verse 19 it says this, it says, so he departed, this is Elisha again, um, sorry Elijah. Um, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the twelfth. Then Elijah passed him by, and watch this, threw his mantle on him. Threw his mantle. Who does that? This mantle is a cloak. It's basically a coat, a covering. But who just throws their clothes at someone? <laughs> like, if, you, somebody, if you're walking down the street and somebody just chucked their coat at you, what would you be like? You'd be like, well, I'm, I'm not a maitre d' or whatever, but I'll take it. I don't like it, but it's free. <laughs> you, you don't... You don't do this stuff with, with, with things just carelessly thrown at you. But there's something different about this coat. There's something different about what this represented. We said before, it represents something of authority. It represents a covering. It also represents an empowering. Like James said this morning, there's a powering that exists over every, every church, every house of God. But more importantly, when God clothes you, This power comes into your life. When God clothes you, that's when things change. We sang about grace. The thing about grace is this. It's not about what you do. It's about you wearing the clothes God gives to you. Just wear what he's given you. And then you'll realize how empowered you are when you wear what he's given you. 
So he's got thrown a new coat, and, and this represented the higher place of authority. But here's the thing. What happens in this new suit? You know, it's not just about the authority and the stature. Something else he did was important as well. He did something that was quite bold. He did something that doesn't make any sense. He ran after the guy. And normally, like, if, if we're nice people in this place, we're church people. So he would say, oh, you dropped this here. I'm going to give it back. But he didn't do that. Since he realized what he had in his hand, what now covers him, his new suit, what covered him, he said, let me kiss my old life goodbye, and then I'll follow you. There was an about face. He turned his life in his head because he realized what was in front of him. So I just said, go and go back, and then for what have I done to you? Basically, he was saying, you've realized that there's something greater ahead. You've realized that you have the potential to have such greatness. That greatness exists over all of our lives. But the problem is, we're battled, we have this battle of between what is available and what is appropriate. I have here a tablet. I've told Heidi I need a new tablet. On this tablet, I have the possibility to um, do some work. I can go in the um, internet and I can go to um, find my dictionary, thesaurus, um, there's a calendar, you know, there's so many things. But I can also play games. But there's so many things that I can do in, on this thing. I can even study the Bible in here, which is what I uh, mainly do with devices like this. But the, there's a potential, oh, I'm watching Netflix, that's a, I can't say I don't do that. Um, but, but there's a thing that there's so many things that I can do on this device, but what I shouldn't do on this device. There's a potential for that. And that's just in a handheld device. In Genesis, what happened was um, with, with Adam and Eve, and Eve was given a choice. He, she was convinced to make a choice. And then she took of a, tree, of a fruit of a tree of knowledge of good and evil, which she shouldn't have done. But the problem is she, she did it because it was available. It looked good. It was suitable for, to make one wise. So she thought she would eat it. And then, then you know what happens. Um, but if you don't, what happened was they were, they, before they were naked and had no shame, him and her and his husband. But then, but then they realized that they were naked and they began to hide from each other. They began to try and hide from God. Think about that, trying to hide from a God who sees everything. But fear will do these things sometimes. But then God did something beautiful. God killed an animal and took the, the fur and the, and the coverings and made coverings for them to cover their sin. Grace is covering your sin. Whatever you do wrong, whatever, whatever you have in your life, it doesn't, that is nothing bigger than the covering that God provides for you. All you have to do is pick it up and put it on. Your new suit is available for you and you have authority to say goodbye to those things that are, that are they're not even worth mentioning. These things that are, that are, that are just, that just to tear you down and just detract from the identity that God has for you. These things that God has in your life and wants to empower you for, you can turn the blind eye because he covers you with his grace. He covers you with his power. He covers you with his anointing. He covers you with this authority. So this new authority, it leads to a new access. Because there's something 
that Elijah knew about Elijah. When it came to, when it came to being the spokesperson of God, like there was nobody like Elijah. He did many things that like, made like kings like run scared. He knew there was something in his life because he knew he had access to God and his power. And in verse 20, this is what happens. And he left the, the yoke of oxen, this is Elisha now, and ran after Elijah. And he said, go back. Sorry, this is, I meant 21. Um, so Elijah turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them, boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. So there's something in that. There's, he, he accessed it, but, but why, what was the need to do that? What was the need to burn things? What was the need to, like, just trash his livelihood? And then I had this realization that, that miracles really fall, that like, seeds of miracles really fall into the soil of sacrifice. I haven't met, there's nothing good that I've had in my life that hasn't come through somebody's sacrifice or my own sacrifice. We're here in this church because a couple sacrificed everything they knew to come here. Many, two decades ago, they came here, they sacrificed, that's why we're here. There's nothing that I've had in my life that has not come through sowing into ground, sowing into soil. And that's available for us when we get to come into somebody else's sacrifice. We can get to come to somebody else's sacrifice and that Jesus clothed us. He gives us his grace because he made that sacrifice and that we deserve something. But no, I'm going to give you this because I've made preparation for that. I've made a way for whatever you've done wrong so you can walk in what's right. Yeah. It's being clothed in that newness of life. And you have, and you have access with this suit. Like, um, like if you turn up to a nightclub and you're dressed to the nines or whatever, you have access because you meet the dress code. You have access because you are dressed appropriately. There's a section in scripture where Jesus is telling a parable of a guy who's in a wedding, but he doesn't have like a wedding garment or whatever. So then the guy asks him, hey friend, where's your wedding garment? But the guy was speechless. He was there then removed from that environment. But you see, this is where grace differs. Because grace makes you suitable for any environment God has called you to. If God has called you to this city, his grace will keep you in this city. If God has called you to a career, his grace will keep you in that career. If God has called you to relationships and to reach people and to lead people, then he will grace you for that. He makes you suitable. He makes you suitable for whatever he calls you for by his grace. It's all by his grace. It's by what he clothes you in. And, and the thing about this suit is it gives an impression of affluence. It gives you affluence. And like I said in verse 21, I'll read it again. And I'll, I'll read the part B. And he said, he, after he used the oxen's equipment, gave it to the people, and they, he arose and followed, well, followed Elijah and became his servant. That, that doesn't sound rich. When you lose your livelihood and you follow someone, become a servant of someone, that doesn't sound like you're rich. So what is that? Why is that an affluence? But the reason that Elisha sacrificed in the way he did 
is that he realized there's an affluence that is only found by following the call of God. That's something that God has called you to. It's, It's beyond natural thinking. It doesn't make sense. How can I get richer by sacrificing? How can I be more wealthy by giving? How can I be more powerful by serving? It doesn't make sense. But you see, with affluence, it's not a wealth in material things. Because I I found this, it's not about the, the money, it's about the multiplication If you hold it, it does nothing. But if you sow it and invest it, that's where it grows. You have to invest in order to reap. You have to sow in order to gather. In John 12, it says this. This is Jesus talking to, um, I think, his disciples. And he said here, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. You know, that sounds quite, quite strong, but hate really means, it means prefer less in comparison to. If you love God so much, the fact that it looks like you hate your life, that's what he's talking about. It's not about how living with hate. It's about loving God so much and, and seeing God so much that in, in a way that just that everything else, the volume turns down just slightly. That's what it's about. It's about seeing God so loud, seeing what he's calling to you so big that everything else looks like a microcosm in comparison. It's about magnifying God so then, we, so then everything around us just takes its right place. Have you ever found someone that just uh, looks at a relationship a little bit higher than they should. It comes to this thing called, that scripture calls idolization. And it's like you hold something to such a high acclaim, like a relationship. Oh, she's amazing. Like, I love her so much. She's so pretty. And like, she's so funny. She likes my jokes too. We eat the same food. And then, she, then she's late for an appointment or something. And it's like, she is never on time. She makes me so angry. Whatever you idolize, you will then demonize. God wants to take us to a healthy place of looking at our lives. When you look at God, who is always the same, who actually clothes us, we don't have to try and buy from God. We actually just receive from God. And that's when we walk in freedom. We walk in a new suit. And that's when we look like people who are in authority. We have we have access to great things and we have affluence that, that, that society does not understand. Yeah. And I remember, I'll close with this, I remember back, in, back uh, six years ago and I had made this decision to follow Jesus. I made this decision to say that my, the life I lived before, like it wasn't terrible in this fact that I wasn't on drugs or whatever, but I was living a life where I wasn't too stupid to get in trouble. Or wasn't, I was learn, earning like a, a decent amount of money, especially for my age. So I can do a lot of things that many people my age couldn't, especially since they were still studying. So I loved this life. And I was doing a sport as well where I was showing good promising. But then I met Jesus and, and then everything shifted. I found an affluence, a richness. I couldn't be found any other way. I accepted Jesus and then the volume on everything just got turned down. 
and I live this life of riches. And it's not a richness in terms of pennies, even though I did get elevated in that sense as well for a while. But it was a richness in the things I had access to, the people I had influence for, the people I had love for, a richness in love, a richness in generosity, richness in relationship, things that money couldn't buy. But then I realized that Jesus had purchased me. Everything else just didn't matter as much. I put on a new suit, a new suit of salvation, a suit of the calling of God, a suit of authority, a suit of supernatural access, a suit, a suit of rich, rich, heavenly riches and great affluence. In Philippians 3, 7 to 8, we're talking about a guy who, <clears throat> who was... Um, who was like a Pharisee, he was a re- like who were the religious leaders of the day, and he was like great in the scriptures, very prolific in, in scriptures. And what he did was he came to a point of knowing Jesus. But before that, he was trying to get them executed and basically to stop this, what was called the way, which is when people were who, who accepted Jesus had this life and this vibrancy that nobody else had. And he was like, what is this cult? They have to be stopped. Then he came into a revelation of who Jesus was. And then this is what he writes from a jail cell for the glory of God in verse, three, in verse 7 and 8. He says this, but the things that were of gain to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. All things as rubbish. And I just didn't want to share this, but I will share it now. In worship, I got this vision of many graves and then when, we were, when people were singing the praises, dead things were coming to life. And it's just the beautiful picture of whenever you turn something to God, whenever you turn your attention to God, dead things begin to rise. The gospel is not Jesus making good, good people from bad people. He's making people who were dead now alive. Jesus raises things back to life. Anything that you thought was beyond Jesus isn't beyond his resurrection power. When we step into this house, we step into the resurrection power of God. The resurrection power of God. And your new suit compasses everything that you need to live this life, bringing dead things to life. You have the authority to raise things which were dead, now alive. You have the access to supernatural power. And you have an affluence that nobody can match in this earth because it's by God's might and God's spirit that we just get to put on. We get to put that on. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.